Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Coming up on this edition of From the Short Grass, I travel to Pleasant Valley Country Club to sit down with their director of golf, Chris Mays. Chris Mays has been at Pleasant Valley for 22 years and loves the place, and I think you're going to enjoy our interview. Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Blackman Auctions, one of our great sponsors of From the Short Grass. We are back with Chris Mays after this. Stay with us. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary colorful rooms with high quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The other day I was visiting with Trey and he talked about goose poop and iguana poop and a golf ball and if you hit the poop or the iguana or the goose, can you move the ball or the poop or something like that. Listening to him talk about poop and golf balls with such passion made me realize how much he knows about golf and how little I did. Once again, Trey really knows golf. I really know auctions. For the last 84 years, better auctions have been Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Chris Mays grew up in South Little Rock, attended McClellan High School, went off to school at Mississippi State to study in their professional golf management program, and then a stint in Memphis at TPC Southwind, finally led him to Pleasant Valley Country Club, where he has been ever since. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. On the tee, Chris Mays. Chris Mays, PGA professional, Pleasant Valley Country Club. Thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. Do you remember the first time you picked up a golf club? I do, actually. Dad was a member at an old course. We lived in southwest Little Rock, so we were uh, members of a course called Whispering Pines Country Club. I've heard of it. Changed names over the years. I don't really know. It's been to Pine Lakes or something. And so, you know, my dad cut down a, a just a little short Ben Hogan 7-iron. And, you know, it was probably six, eight inches long or probably a 
foot and a half, I would say, and I'd just go around and whack it, and he would take me out there, and I would play, and that's kind of how I started playing golf. Is that one of the best clubs for a kid to start with, a seven or a five iron, or would it be the putter? I would say the putter, (laughs) (laughs) teaching them how to putter. You know, really, most of it is, I would say it's more like a five-wood or a three-wood because nowadays everybody wants to hit it long, and you can put it on a tee, and when you put it on a tee, kids have more success hitting the golf ball, and and so it gets them hitting off a tee, and you go to an iron, and then they want to hit it off the ground, or people, dads teach them, say, hey, you should hit an iron off the ground, so... I think it's more of a lofted wood would be good, so it's okay to put it on a tee and and get some experience of success of actually hitting a golf ball, seeing it get in the air and seeing it you know go as far as you can hit it. And you grew up playing sports, obviously. I mean, your dad was a high school football coach at Oak Grove, which is no longer a school anymore. It's right now into Mall Mill uh, High School. But your dad was a football coach, so did you play multiple sports growing up? I played baseball. I played football through ninth grade. Uh, I played basketball through ninth grade, and then I played golf. So I, I played pretty much every sport. Dad was was and, and mom, for that matter, is that you know back then when we were growing up, it wasn't a full year round sport. You know, you played baseball in the summer, you played football in the fall, you played basketball in winter, and you played golf in spring and summer, and you tried to do both. So. You know, from that standpoint, it's it's not like what it is today to where, where kids are being not necessarily forced, but all sports are now basically year-round activities, even if it's off-season. You went to McClellan High School. I did. The Lions. Mm-hmm. Played on the golf team there. I you did. tried out. Did you, any other sports did you try to play? So I tried out for, for basketball, um, and uh, it's kind of a funny story. You know, I, I – I played and and we were got in there and teams went up and my name's on the list and I made the team and it was great and Coach McKinney called me in his office says hey Chris how are you doing and he said great this is good he goes hey you made the team everything's good he goes you sure you don't want to play golf <laughs> it's kind of my you know hey this is you're probably going to be on the bench you may not be able to play as much as you think you are but you know and I said yes sir it sounds like a good idea how early on did you know that you wanted to make a career out of golf you know I'm probably one of the few that knew that what they wanted to do in high school you know I probably wasn't good enough to go play D1 college golf and and but I loved golf and wanted to be in the golf business and so I wanted to go to one of the professional golf management schools, which were, there were four at the time. You know, I was sitting there looking at it, and I was like, well, okay, can't play golf at Penn State in the winter. Can't play golf in <laughs> Michigan in the winter. Didn't really want to go all the way out to New Mexico. So I went to Mississippi State. Yeah, So close. And that's kind of how that all phased out or, or the plan kind of went. And you're still a Bulldog fan today? I still am a Bulldog fan. I, I grew up a Razorback fan. I You know, dad obviously coaching and, and being able to go up and, and meet different coaches, um, you know, and it was it was really nice to to see that. And that instilled – I still love watching the Razorbacks play. I, I have a hard time one game of the year, and that's when Arkansas plays Mississippi State. And usually I root for the team that needs to win the most. <laughs> And generally speaking, that's Mississippi State. So that's how we get to it. So after you graduated from Mississippi State, where did you get your first break, if you will? Well, that's I got a couple of breaks. Um, 
it was kind of uh, it's kind of funny is that I was engaged at the time that my current wife uh, Lori we were engaged in college and I was going to Memphis um, and then I was either going to work for uh, Bill Mungia at a place called Holiday Island which is actually in North Mississippi um, or I was going to work for TPC at Southwind and the guy the general manager at Southwind was name is John Huggins and and he was up with the TPC network and eventually went to work for a PGA Tour headquarters uh, I was talking to him and interviewing him and and the job at uh, Southwind was paying me like $14,000 and the job at Holiday Island was paying me like $22,000. It was a no-brainer to me, you know, and I walked into Mr. Huggins' office, and I told him, and I said, hey, I'm going to go to Holiday Island, and he he looked at me, and he said, Chris, he says, I know that there's a difference in pay, and, and, and we can't do it. He goes, I can promise you one thing, that if you come here, we'll take care of you. And that was good enough for me. So wow. I, I took the I took the less paying job at TPC at Southwind. Lori found a job at a uh, security company downtown, and and she was the breadwinner uh, for our our stint in Memphis until I became a head professional. And you came became a head professional. Your first head professional job was TPC at Southwind. It's kind of odd how that all kind of shook out. Is that it goes back a long story, and I hate to make this longer than what it is. In November of 1996, I was ready to leave Southwind as an assistant. And so I came home for Thanksgiving, and Lori was with me, and I said, you know, I'm going to send some resumes out in Little Rock and go. So I cold-called Dan Snyder at Chennault. Mm-hmm. And walked in, and boy, what a professional guy! Still a great friend today. But at the same time, you know, I'm just walking in out of the blue, and got in my blazer and tie, and gave him my resume, and said, "Listen, if you're ever looking for an assistant, I'd be interested in moving back to Little Rock. Thank you, great, looks awesome. I'll I'll be in touch." Left, went on. January rolls around, and I get a call from uh john huggins uh who has now gone to sawgrass and he goes listen i want you to come be an assistant at tpc at sawgrass and i said okay i said what does it pay and he goes well we're gonna pay you nineteen thousand dollars but we'll take care of you yeah and i looked at (laughs) i said mr huggins i can't uproot my wife and just go down and and run you know and be a be an assistant and uproot her and now she's got to find another job and he understood and he goes well so will you come down and run the Players' Championship? We're on the merchandising operation for the 1997 Players' Championship. And I said, sure. So it was eight weeks. I knew the knew what type of work it was going to be just because it was at Southwind. I mean, that's talking 95-hour weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, we did at Southwind, we would do a merchandise operation at that time of about $350,000 in a week. Now you're talking about doing $800,000 in a week. Um, you know, so – I knew the work that it was going to take, and so we we did that. Lori stayed at home. So I went down there to do that. The day before I left, Dan Snyder calls me. He says, hey, have a job opening at Schnall. want you to um, come interview. Certainly like to see if this will work out for you. And I said, Mr. Snyder, this is bad timing. I said, I leave tomorrow to go to Sawgrass. 
And he said, well, we'll fly you back and, and interview you if that's, that's not a problem. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> I'm going down here for eight weeks. There will not be a day off. Yeah. You know, I'm, this is about getting the players' championship ready and, and doing everything you need to do. I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to have a day off to be able to come back, and I certainly can't do that to them and say, hey, I'm down here for the players' championship. Do you mind if I go interview with this guy? You know, so I, so that ended up not working out, and I didn't get to go back to Schnall uh, over there. And my wife calls, and she goes, hey, you know, what, how's everything going? What's going on? And, hey, we're going to have a child. And I was like, okay, great. Um, and so in the back of my mind, I'm going, okay, I'm making $14,000. How am I going to do this? I'm getting out of the golf business. I'm getting, you know, I, there's no way I can support a family, which is what I really wanted to do. Um, and so I said, I'm, I, you know, when I get back, I guess I'm going to have to start looking for a job outside the golf business. The very next day, Doug Wirt, who was a head professional at Southwind, calls me and says, hey, Chris, just want to let you know that I'm leaving. And I was like, okay. Mm. So I, from Sawgrass, FedEx my resume back to that that time. It was Bill Hughes, who was a general manager there, at, for the head professional job at Southwind. Players' championship ends on, like, March 30th, and I come back as April 1 as a head golf professional at TPC at Southwind. How about that? So it's kind of a unique story. I just, you know, I tell people all the time, if you if you don't think there is fate or there is another person working in our lives or looking out for us, you know, it's just, I, I'm here to tell you, I probably wouldn't be in the golf business if that didn't happen. I assume that the interview with Chanel and Mr. Snyder never happened. Never happened. But now you're in Little Rock. I am. At Pleasant Valley Country Club. I am. You became the head professional. Now you're the director of golf. That's correct. When did that happen? I was at Southwind, and and I loved working for the TPC network. That you know they they made me a head golf professional at a very young age, uh, probably the youngest that the, of anybody in the network. And so they they gave me a really good opportunity. But I knew working for the TPC network that. In order to succeed in the network, I was going to have to move. And I was going to have to, you know, whether it's it's go to uh, Michigan or go to Florida or go to another course to be a head professional. And then the next one is to go to another course and be a general manager. And then it's to be another uh, regional manager. And so in order, in order to move up in that network, you were going to have to move. And one of the things that's always been really important to me is I really wanted my kids to go to school in the same town. I really didn't want them to move from one town to the next, if I could prevent it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Kim Backus walks into my office one day. He was my Nike rep. Uh, And he says, hey, uh, just to let you know, there's a job in Little Rock that that you should apply for is Pleasant Valley Country Club. And I said – Okay, great. Um, you know, and and I knew a little bit about Pleasant Valley, but I never played Pleasant Valley. Even living in Little Rock, I never played Pleasant Valley. Really? Yeah, never played it. Um, I actually, that's a lie. I played it for eight holes in the father son one year that we were rained out. Okay. So I never played a full round. So next day, George Whitaker walks in, and he was my zero restriction rep. 
he says, hey, you know, the club that I'm at in Little Rock is has an opening. I think you'd be a great candidate. So I said, okay, and uh, I sent my resume, and, and it was kind of funny. It was, you know, I remember there were three of us there. I think that uh, it was Chris McSpadden, who was at that time at TPC at Sugarloaf, uh, a guy by the name of Ray Barr, who I've never met, uh, and then myself, I think, were the final three for the job. So, and I was lucky enough to get it. So you get to move back home bring the grandkid at the time that's right back to your home to that's where right the grandparents can can be a little bit closer than the two hour drive to memphis that's right and Lori's mom Lori's parents were from dallas so you know it was a little closer to them too and a southwest flight at that time was like 85 bucks if you wanted to go to to memphis so it, it just made sense for everybody and it's a great place and probably one of the better decisions i've ever made your dad being the head football coach at Oak Grove, mm-hmm. um, I think when people think of John Mays and Oak Grove football, they think of Darren McFadden sure, as well because of what he was able to do in high school and then what he did at Arkansas back-to-back. Doak Walker's runner-up two times in a row for the Heisman and went on to a, a good career in the NFL. But you actually employed – Darren McFadden here at Pleasant Valley. I did for junior and senior year. He was a he worked as a bad kid, and and I've I employed a couple of you know football players. We'd get a call from uh, Dad, or we'd get a call from a guy at Central um, and say, "Hey, I have a kid who needs a job. Do you have you know? Can you work him?" And so uh, we gave Darren a job, and he worked for me for you know junior year, and and. What a great guy he is. I mean, he, he's an awesome football player, but I think he's even a better person. I mean, it just says a lot about a character. He would go play at a football game on Friday night. He would be there at 6.30 on Saturday morning working. Man. And, and it, you know, it just he was just a good, a good, good worker and a good person just in general. Did he ever say, hey, Mr. Mays, you, you got some clubs, I can go try this game out? Never had interest in playing golf until he went to Oakland. And he called me one day from Oakland and he says, hey, um, you got any clubs? I, I think I need to start playing golf or learning to play golf. And and, and he says, my friends, I guess, took him out to play and he was horrible. And he goes, and oh, by the way, I need a lot of golf balls. <laughs> So did you ship him? Uh, we ended up, I told him I never did. I ended up telling him and said, okay, Darren, when you come to Little Rock, let's get you fit for a set of clubs. Because right. obviously, you you know, if you're going to play, let's get you in the right thing and get you to play. And and from that time standpoint, you know, he obviously never came back or found a set out there or did something. And so it never really panned out. You just said we need to fit you for a set of clubs. How important is that for amateurs out there today to not just go and grab something off the shelf at a store that they see? Well, I think fitting is very important. I don't think it's as important as to get to the specific details. But when you're talking about things like length, um, your lie angle, when you're talking about what type of shaft that you put in and, and just kind of things that a fitter can tell you, are you an early release guy? Do you need a shaft that 
has a little more flexibility in the tip? Do you need sap that's a little heavier because you swing really fast? An ex-baseball player has a lot of wrist action, so he may need a heavier shaft. Or an, and so swing speed and technology uh, that comes in a golf club, I think it is very important for you to be fit to a golf club uh, more than just buy something off the rack. Um, and Ping obviously was the first one in the business to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I think over the time you've seen it and it's gone now where it was irons. Now it's drivers, three woods and wedges as well. I mean, you know, we're even fitting putters. So, you know, and so it's, it's different in how you set up what you do and having something that's tailored for you is fit to a game. Golf has changed a lot since you got into the business. Yes. The business of golf has changed a lot. Are you happy where it is right now? Um, I think we're going through a very rough time. I'm happy doing what I do. I love what I do. There, are, I do have some regrets. I wish I could spend more time with my family and, and have, have missed, didn't miss out on as many things as I did when I was – when I was trying to cut my teeth here at Pleasant Valley, but at the same time, I, I don't, I don't have any regrets in choosing the golf business. Um, and so I think that the golf business has changed and I think it's trying to change for the better, but I think we're going to go through some growing pains as what we're seeing. I think that guys like me or guys like Barry Howard uh, at Hot Springs Country Club and, and some others, we're a dying breed. Uh, the day and age of a golf professional working seven days a week for minimal amounts of money are ending. And the problem is with that is, is that that's putting more pressure on the clubs and the PGA of America to find out how we can get more golf professionals into the business. How can we increase or improve their quality of life? You know, that's been the biggest knock on the golf profession is is the quality of life. And, and certainly not saying that I haven't had a good life. I've had a great life. But the work-home life balance has always been out of balance in the golf profession. And I think that we're going to go through a rough patch and try, but I think that over time you may see that work balance life or work life balance, get, get a little more in check to where you can work hard and, and, you know, work a lot at being a golf professional and still have, you know, a time to, to have a quality of life. Pleasant Valley country club about to undergo some major renovations some that uh, the building that we're sitting in right now hasn't been touched since it was built, and it's going to be touched some. Are you happy with uh, the direction of where the club is going? I am. I think that Pleasant Valley is my favorite place to be. Uh, I think the golf course is fantastic. I think that um, there are some things in the building that need to be fixed um, that has have – been needed to be fixed for quite a long time and it just has to do with age of a building um you know is it you know you you have a you have a 54 year old house and you, something has to be done with different things and so some of the projects that, that we have to do are pretty significant uh, in doing that so if you're doing a project that you're going to tear up a significant portion of the club it then comes back into how do you want to build it back um 
Do you want to fix the problems and just put it back exactly like it is now? Or do you want to try to make the clubhouse that resembles more of what a great golf course we have? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that, um, I think that those things are are needed, um, and and it's good to see them come. You said that you like being at Pleasant Valley, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be anywhere else. That's I think correct. it says a lot about the membership to understand that they have a gym in you here at Pleasant Valley that you've lasted as long as you have. Because some PGA pros don't stay at a private club for a long period of time yeah so when i came here you know the average lifespan of a golf professional at a club has been was five years i don't know what that is now um i've been here 22 years um you know but it goes back to where we talked about earlier is that i wanted to raise my family in the same town as as i wanted to have them start school and finish school you know in the same town well my youngest son is a junior so I have two more years to kind of achieve one of the things mm-hmm. that, that I really wanted to do. And, and so I'm happy about that. But, you know, I just, tried, I just try to do my job and make people who come to Pleasant Valley have a good time. Uh, and, and that's kind of what we focus on. I don't know that I'm any better at it than anybody else. I think I've just been lucky enough to be here for – for a while you know maybe they haven't found anybody that they want to replace me with yet favorite golf course you've ever played and it can't be pleasant valley because i'm pretty sure it's at the top of your list marion golf club love marion and it's for different reasons than most the golf course is exceptional uh love the golf course it's the history i'm a ben hogan fan to be able to look at it ben hogan is my favorite golfer um and to look at the plaque where, you know, the one iron shot or where Bobby Jones completed the grand slam on the 11th green, uh, you know, and then just looking, going there and looking in the clubhouse and going into their archives room, just the whole experience, Marion is, is far and away my favorite. And then the wicker baskets? Love those. Absolutely. The logo is maybe the best logo in golf. Un- unfortunately, you know, not don't want to – offend anybody else but that logo is subtle i like logos i like looking at logos to where it doesn't have a name on it right you, you and and to me that's a conversation conversation piece uh, piece of what is that where where is that right and you know, oh that's marion right or oh that's somewhere else so but you I, don't have to ask where that one that's is correct. if you're a golfer you don't have to ask about that logo that one in the gold united states you don't you yeah. don't have to ask <laughs> A fantasy foursome for Chris Mays. You and three others, living or deceased, that you would like to play around to golf with. You know, I've done that. Believe it or not, I've I've gotten to play with my fantasy foursome and and all at the same time. All at the same time. It was it was my grandfather, my dad, and my son. Oh wow! So that was four generations of Mays's playing golf. And so where'd you play? Right here at we PV. We played right here at PV, and and that was really good. I I hope that it was as special to them as it was to me. You know, now my son was probably eight at the time, but still, it was a time where where the four of us got together to play. And and you know, my grandfather moved here obviously in his 
mid to late 80s and and so I would end up when he stopped playing golf I would go pick him up and bring him over here for lunch every now and then it was five minutes away so it was it was something that that I've gotten to do if it was anything else I, I think that that was that was probably my favorite foursome man what a memory it was good it was good well I call you pro all the time and pro thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Fantastic, fantastic golf course. Chris, thanks so much. You're welcome. My thanks to Chris Mays, PGA Professional Director of Golf at Pleasant Valley Country Club for taking some time out of his extremely busy day and sitting down and talking with me. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. BPHotels.com is where you can find them on the web. Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, they do a great job of managing hotel properties. Find them on the web. BPHotels.com. One of our great sponsors of From the Short Grass. We are back after this. Stay with us. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to, I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf, I know auctions. Come see us at blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time time you visit El Dorado. That's it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Remember to always repair your ball marks and a couple of more, and I hope to see you soon from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.